Today we are chatting strength seasons and why you need one. Hello there, my friends. I'm Dr. Alyssa Lennox, and welcome back to my channel or podcast. And today I want to talk about my favorite type of season, and that is strength training seasons. I know you thought I was going to say summer. I do love summer and spring, though. Um, a strength training season is something that if you followed me over on Instagram or you've been following along with my content here for you for a while, you know that I am a massive fan of. A strength training season is a set period of time where you are going all in on strength or muscle building goals. I especially love a dedicated period of strength season for my runners or endurance junkies or cardio lovers, or especially my females who have not grown up in sport or kind of have neglected lifting as part of their exercise tra training routine for a long period of time. And dedicating a set period of time where your main or primary focus of your training is to get stronger and put on muscle. Now, I want to cover today some of the main components of a strength training season, how to map it out, planning it, and things like that. So if you enjoy this content, you're excited to learn something, go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button here on YouTube. And if you're tuning in on the podcast, go ahead and rate and review this when you're done today. It means so much and I greatly appreciate it. Now let's dive in. So a strength training season is going to be a set extended period of time where your primary goal is going to be pushing the weights in the gym. Whether that's trying to PR a back squat or simply train in a way that's putting on muscle, you're going to be increasing your overall lifting volume or frequency, which means that when you are in the gym, you're going to be doing more sets and reps, which sets times reps is your exercise volume. So usually increasing sets. So if you're a runner, you might have only been doing two sets or maybe a couple sets of a few things only once or twice a week when you're doing your peak running. If you are someone who struggles with maintaining lifting during your high volume endurance training seasons, or you might be someone who has been neglecting lifting and you just need a dedicated period of time where you are increasing that. So you're increasing your sets, reps, and or frequency, which looks like doing it more days per week. So maybe you're trading out one of your cardio or endurance days for a specific strength training day and lifting maybe one extra or two extra days per week during this phase or period of time. So those are two ways directly right off the bat that we can increase our training volume. Uh, frequency, even though it might seem like, well, that's just one extra day, how is that increasing volume? Well, you'd be doing more sets and reps across the entire week. So increasing that frequency allows us to get in more volume across the week, but also do one of my favorite things, which is spread volume across the week. So it's recoverable and you can actually sneak more in. I love that approach all the time. And we use that in the list method a lot. So people aren't having that fatigue on their legs if they are continuing to do training that is more endurance focused or running or loving cardio on top of it, but it allows you to still get in more of that volume across the week. So the goal during this phase of time is to increase your training volume and strength training specifically. This is because volume really drives the majority of adaptations when we are looking at our strength and hypertrophy goals or running goals or, you know, goals in general. There's probably a, a ceiling, a limit here. We don't do the maximal most. I know a lot of you are do-it-allers. It's not what we're trying to do here today. Um, but just slightly increasing that more than what you've been doing. So there isn't a set prescription of this. Generally, you'll titrate and build it up over time. But the, go the goal and idea is that while you are increasing this volume, you are slightly reducing the volume of your endurance training, cardio training, or running training. Now, 
do not fret. You can reduce your endurance or cardiovascular training by about 30% or do about 70% of what you were doing and still maintain or even potentially continue to gain some of your aerobic training adaptations. So the goal is to pull back slightly on this. Now, if you go back and listen to my podcast episode or watch my video, is hybrid training making me less fit? We go in a little bit about how sometimes when you start to do both these things, it can feel like you're losing progress in one area versus the other, but it's not the case and it will come back up. But what you need to do is because you're increasing that volume in your lifting, you're going to pull back slightly that volume of your endurance training to make room for your overall training volume, right? If you own my ebook hybrid, you know I like to talk about the fishbowl theory and you only have so much water in your fishbowl. And if you're less fit, you have less water and you're a beginner, but then you can build more of that water, but you can only pour into two cups, right? You only have so much water, you can pour into two cups. So what we're doing is we're just shifting the priorities of where that training volume is going so we can spend a little bit more time and energy on the thing that we need to be working on, our weakness here. For many of you, which is strength, either coming out of a heavy running season or strength because you've neglected it for a long period of time or strength because it's something that you know you need for health and longevity and muscle building comes along with that as well. So to recap, first thing is goal is to increase our lifting volume slightly, either through more sets and reps or increasing the number of days per week that we are targeting our muscles or lifting. So we're indirectly increasing volume by increasing the frequency. While doing this, it's number two, we are slightly pulling back our endurance training, cardiovascular training, or Metcons, whatever that is that you are doing. If you're coming from the CrossFit world, this also applies to you. The next thing is when we're thinking about this is going to be or set duration of time. Now, a lot of people get hung up on this. They're like, well, what's the perfect and what's the minimal? And what what should I do for this? And blah, 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 blah. And it, it, it's going to depend. I know you guys hate that answer. It, it depends. Um, but I really like these kind of general rules of thumb. If you are someone who maintains your strength pretty well during endurance training blocks or seasons, and you are a runner or an endurance junkie, and you're training for races and competitions, I like, you know, finishing up that maybe fall race or something summer race if you're someone who takes your off seasons in the summer because it's really hot where you're at and then shifting into a strength training block now if you've pulled back lifting a lot during your taper and your recovery you're going to need about three to four weeks to kind of reverse taper out of that if you're in the list method using our program race you have you've gone through our reverse taper block that kind of eases you back up to the volume that are at our normal problems programs and then you kind of go back into that higher volume training so the first things first is you kind of are going to need just one month of getting back into it whether that's two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, but just kind of easing back in and ramping back up to that volume of what you're trying to achieve in your gym-based training. And then from there, you're going to want at minimum eight weeks. And that's probably the least I would say for this would be a minimum of eight weeks for dedicated strength building and hypertrophy. And most likely this will be either bringing you back up to the baseline that you were at before you kind of tapered off a little bit of your strength training or give you a little bit extra of muscle boost or strength and kind of get back to either your baselines or kind of exceed those a little bit before focusing back into another aerobic base building and race prep phase or block. Now, that might not apply to all of you. I know I've had years where I've had about three, four months of these seasons and I'm going right back into intentional training. But keeping in mind that you can still strength train and be specific and do a little bit of hypertrophy while in that aerobic base building season. So it's not that it only only has to be this long period of time of strength dedicated focus, but we do want some of that. So at the at the minimum, I'm going to give eight weeks. I like three months. So we're looking here now about three and a half to four months in total when you think about your reverse tapering out of your, your training 
peak and taper coming out of a race. And again, that will depend on how big of the race you did, how much recovery that required and how long you kind of did and took time off during that. So for that, I also like to say that if you are someone who is traditionally a runner, who's really neglected strength training, it's something that's a totally new stimulus to you. You really need time to build that baseline strength. You might not like this answer, but I like six to 12 month seasons, like almost a half a year to a whole year, entirely dedicated to strictly building strength, adding in plyometrics, gaining some muscle within reason. You don't have to pack on the pounds. I know that some runners, you know, you're worried about losing efficiency there. And but a little bit of muscle will be good for you both metabolically, both for power output when when you're running and doing endurance training, um, but also just for your health, especially my female athletes. I know the running world makes you want to be lean and limber and fast and speedy, but you want to be building muscle during this phase and season of life when you have, you know, the the ability to do so, but also thinking of your bone density as runners, which can be really impacted, as especially as female runners as you're aging. These are things that we really need to consider. So yes, great, awesome. We love to run, but we love to age strong um, as well. So I like that six to 12 month time period. Again, keeping in mind, you're not having to remove your running or training altogether. You're just pulling back the volume to a maintainable phase. And something that I like to talk about a lot, and I've talked about in some of my other hybrid content and podcast is this idea of, you know, once you start to build up the one and you start to adapt to it, you can start to bring back up the volume of the other one and be able to recover from it. But you kind of pull back temporarily to make room for that novel, like adaptation and stimulus of what you're doing or that extra volume. And then you can build back up that aerobic training. And I really like as well having a maintenance phase of mileage anyway, when you're focusing on strength training or doing an extended aerobic base build phase, because I think it allows you to have a maintainable running volume that you're accustomed to. And there's not like a limit on how high or low this is just something that's you've you've adapted to while still being able to push strength training and maintaining that I think that's a lot easier than Oh, I'm going to rush and ramp up my mileage all of a sudden out of nowhere. Oh, I'm going to ramp ramp up my lifting. I think having one of those at a sustained, like maintain, maintainable volume is huge for being able to do both and feeling like you're recovering um, or whatever else, balancing however else you guys like to say it. The Messy Middle Podcast will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Legion Athletics. Legion is a supplement company that I align with myself with, and for good reason. They're third-party tested, which means that every single thing that they are giving you in their ingredients list is all they're giving you and nothing else when contamination is really high across the industry. Not only that, but their ingredients are dosed and based off what the current scientific literature suggests for the most optimal dosing for whatever the supplement may be. Beyond that, they keep their supplement line simple and it allows me to have both performance and health supporting supplements that allow me to support both of my goals. Things like protein and creatine, pre-workout or fish oil, magnesium, vitamin D, all things that I take every single day to help support myself both in and out of the gym. If you want to shop Legion, you can use my code DOCLIS and save 20% off your first order or double points for reoccurring customers. For all current sales, check out my Instagram where I share those every single week or my email list linked in the show notes below. Are you struggling with your hybrid training? You don't know quite how to pair cardio with your lifting or lifting with your running and it feels really frustrating to figure this out on your own. Today's podcast episode is sponsored by me and my programs, The List Method. 
If you haven't checked it out yet, the List Method is my signature training system that allows you to have hybrid style training on your terms, which means it isn't one size fits all. We help you find the lifting program that fits your life and your goals and pair it with the running or cardio options that make the most sense for the goals that you have. You don't have to be a runner, but you can do both in the gym and we will get you there. To learn more, head to the link in the show notes or the bio below or head to www.doclistfitness.com slash the list method to learn more. So that would be the next thing is just, you know, thinking about what what do you actually need and how are you maintaining strength across the year and really being honest with yourself. What do you actually need? Because strength and muscle gaining is a very slow process. And it's not that you have to give up your race training or running goals. It's that I think that some of us need to have this recognition that no, I really need a longer build of this. And maybe my goals aren't these big, long, super high volume training things during that time. Maybe you're pulling back and training for something more complementary like a faster PR in a shorter distance that requires maybe less volume or more power generating work. Um, so you can kind of complement that as your like weekly interval or hit type sprint training complementing with that and the rest of it being easy. Um, but again, you know, at least three to four months, but I think a six to 12 month period for a lot of people is going to be huge. And on that note, for those of you who maybe aren't such endurance junkies, or you're maybe coming from a world of like, you've been doing a lot of boot camp, crossfit type stuff, or you've really neglected strength training altogether. I think like that six to 12 month minimum is a really good rule of thumb. I honestly really recommend, I'm a big proponent of a year of not dieting. That doesn't mean you have to gorge yourself and overeat and like blow up. I know people think that's what I'm suggesting, but not dieting, not restricting, and just spending a year focusing on learning how to fuel your body and really focusing on your strength training in the gym. This does not mean that you have to forego cardio or give it up altogether or, you know, abandon your group fitness classes or your box classes or cardio. I do cardio through all seasons of life and I think you should too. But it might mean that instead of doing six days of Orange Theory or CrossFit, you're pulling back to four and you're adding in two or three or four formal strength days across that week or doing some strength before you're doing those types of workouts. So that's kind of how we have our Metcon program in the list method set up. It's three formal strength days that are shorter, like 30 minutes, and then you do a Metcon afterwards so that you're still getting in that progressive strength training without kind of giving up those other things that you love. Because again, cardio is important. We don't want to give that up. You don't have to give up the things that you love, but you might need to pull that back so you can manage that volume or simply just find the time within your week to be doing the thing that you want to be doing. So I'm a big, big, big proponent of the year off of restriction and over-exercising and pulling back and really focusing on building muscle and supporting that and eating protein and fueling in a way that complements those goals. So I know a lot of people that seems scary to you and you might want to work at a coach while doing this, whether you're a runner who's used to restricting and not lifting or someone who's just done that historically. Um, I really like that I really like the year target of that, like dedicating a year to that. But, you know, if you really don't have a ton of muscle or strength, this might honestly still be a two year long process, three year long process of really diving in. But you can adjust through those seasons of maybe having more or less cardio, just like runners can throughout the year. But the goal would be to find a level of strength training that you don't just give up entirely for months and chunks at a time, but you're sustaining it in some way across the year so that you're always building or working towards something. The goal for all all of you is not to have a strength focused season and have that be the only time you're lifting throughout the year. But it's just a specific set period of time where you're really going all in on that goal. And when you are in the gym during the strength training 
or muscle building phase or seasons, as we like to call them, your goal is to be pushing hard on your reps and sets in the gym. Like volume is one thing and that's great. And you can do, you know, a million reps and sets. But if you're loading your exercises at a five out of 10 effort or a six out of 10 effort and not taking them anywhere close to right before or at failure, you're missing out and leaving a lot of gains on the table. Intensity matters here too. I know that for many people, you know, when you're new to the gym, you go through the motions or when you're running season, you just feel like you're going through the motions. And while I do think you should be keeping intensity up during that time, you might not be. And this is a great time to lean into learning how to use RPE efficiently. I have a YouTube video on loading your weights and picking your weights and actually testing and feeling what it looks like to train with intensity in your lifting. We all complain that lifting is boring and it's repetitive and redundant, but we're, we're not training with intensity. And that's what makes lifting interesting, right? So really focus on, you know, I don't care. You don't, you know, you're better off doing three sets of eight to 10 at a true two reps in reserve or two reps left in the tank or like an eight to nine out of 10 effort than doing five sets of 10 out of five out of 10 effort. You are better off doing that. That will save you time in the gym. That efficiency and intensity is what's going to allow you to get a lot of those gains. You know, time under tension and mechanical tension are major drivers of hypertrophy and strength training is largely neuromuscular adaptations. And you do that by practicing the skill of lifting heavier and heavier in ranges, but also that weight is adding tension to your tissue to elicit growth and our adaptations to get stronger to lift more. So you really want to spend this time and phase focusing and leaning in on that intensity component of lifting, especially when you're pulling back the higher volumes of endurance or cardio or running. Some of that central nervous system fatigue or depletion that comes from that, that is kind of what's mostly what's competitive when we're thinking about hybrid training is going to be removed and it's not going to be in the way anymore. So you'll be able to better tune in on this and get a better established baseline of like how intense intense needs to be or is or can be for you in the gym. So intensity matters a ton here. You want to really focus on bringing the intensity to like really focus on bringing those compound movements, loading them heavy you know, being efficient with that. But then in your accessory work, really taking that to higher volume, higher reps. Again, strength rep ranges are great and I love them. And I like keeping those more into that, that running focus, higher volume seasons or in between, because I think it's a great way to keep intensity up while keeping volume down. But this is a great time to bring up your reps and sets, whether that's in your compounds, if you want to start, you know, doing a little bit more of a volume block, especially if you join the list method or you've done the list method, you know, the first like three months, we kind of put you through this and it's, if you load it appropriately, it's really hard, right? Doing sets of eight to 10. Um, but then when you're thinking about your accessory work, this is the time to really lean into doing three or four sets of your accessory moves and loading them to that eight to nine out of 10 effort, but keeping them in that more traditional hypertrophy range of like eight to 12 reps, maybe 10 to 15 reps. So I'm thinking like your dumbbell accessory movements, your your machine accessory based movements, things like that, really pushing the volume on those and doing those higher reps because since reps by sets and weight is your total volume, it's easier to get more volume in and less sets if you're doing more reps. So again, this doesn't mean that you always need to be doing this, but it's a great way to get a little bit more volume in on this across the week. This is also a great time 
during this off training season or strength season to increase your total number of weekly sets across the week. So what this looks like is that if you were doing a two day a week strength training program that had like a squat and they split squat and then a step up on day two and you were doing three sets of each, you were doing about nine total quad squat pattern type movements across the week. Now this would be a great moment of time to say, okay, I have more time to recover. I have more training frequency. I'm adding a third day or I'm able to handle more in those two individual days and you add in another leg squat movement pattern, maybe a heavy goblet squat or a leg press or a quad extension to get another three sets in, that's 12. Or you can take those sets that you're doing and increase the number of sets that you are doing to increase that total number. So even if you increased all those to four sets, it would bring that up to 12. A nice sweet spot for like maintenance or minimum is probably like six to eight sets a week. And then when we think about kind of more hypertrophy based goals, you know, getting into that higher set range, trying to go for about 10 to 15 sets per week would probably be a good range here to move into. And then up to 15 to 20, there's some data coming out on 20 plus, but I I really think that the quality of this matters maybe more than the quantity per se. That's not to say more isn't more, better isn't better, Um, but better is better, right? More isn't always better. So thinking about your total sets across the week and counting that and trying to get that up from like a lower range of like six to eight per week, it's a nice minimum or, you know, maybe 10, 12, 15 sets per week per major muscle groups. And if you want to learn more about this, my ebook train goes into depth on like how to program this for yourself. And if you don't want to learn how to program for yourself, do the list method where I go through every single block of training and I count and tally up like how many times are we hitting the major muscle groups per week and keeping in mind that you don't need to worry about hitting every tiny muscle 12, 15, 20 times per week, but thinking about I'd like to think about like how how often are you hitting these overall movement patterns? And then you can think of this too, is what areas are you lacking the most, right? So for runners, you might really want to focus on bringing up your leg strength, like your quads, your glutes, your calves. It's a great time to work on volume there because those are really what's driving your power output. If you're doing more sprinting-like activities, also bringing in your hamstrings, things like that, which you should be doing anyway. Um, or if you're someone who's like, man, my upper body is really weak or I'm really struggling here, you know, this could be a great period of time to increase that on the little bit of that higher end of that spectrum, maybe doing 15 sets a week of back exercises or upper body exercises in order to build that musculature or strength in those areas when you might maybe neglect that the rest of the year. And so those are the things that I really like to think about in a strength training season. And the last but not least is everyone's favorite topic that they hate when I say what you need to gain muscle strength, recover and crush your training goals. And that is tackling your habits at home. What you eat and how you sleep is going to impact how you recover. It's going to impact your muscle protein synthesis, which is a fancy way for saying muscle recovery that turns into new muscle fibers. And it's going to impact your training and your output in the gym. Now, I know sleeping isn't as easy as it says for everyone, but your diet is going to be huge here. So I recommend if you aren't increasing your protein intake um, to increase your protein intake, some of you might do fine with protein to begin with, but if you need to, err on eating a little bit more protein during this phase of time. Um, Don't eat in a deficit, eat at least at maintenance, if not in a very, very tiny surplus. I don't think we need these massive surpluses. But if you're someone who's leaner, who's very thin by nature, who really needs muscle tissue, you are the type of person who needs to be eating in more of an excess. I know that sometimes you might be the type of person who's, who struggles with that. But it's it's worth your weight, your weight, it's worth your time and weight um, to increase that. So for example, when I'm doing like a bulking strength 
increasing phase, I will build up to about one. I think of the highest I got when I did this last time was like 153. And I raced this year at like 141, 142, 143. A lot of that is like extra food in your stomach and carbohydrate stores in your muscles. So don't freak out like that 10 pounds on me is not probably true tied and true 10 pounds of fat. But you're going to need that energy and fuel to support your training. And it doesn't mean that it's permanent and forever. But sometimes you might just need to gain weight. And that might be an okay and a good thing. And this is a period of time to focus on increasing and eating more. Now, if you are someone who's maybe not super, super lean or you're just kind of regular or maybe you have a little bit of adipose tissue, we don't want to necessarily say like, oh, go gorge yourself and overeat, but you want to be eating enough, right? So we want to maybe be eating at maintenance and allowing your body to recomp here. I find after a race, eating at maintenance is honestly incredible because my body just recomps once I head back into the gym. I don't need to start restricting and feeling like, oh my God, my race, I feel so bloated. I feel like I gained so much weight. I haven't been in the gym. I really need to get it together. I just feel like I recomp right away once I start adding in that muscle stimulus. I know my body needs the fuel to recover because again, if you're adding lifting back in or you're adding it for the first time, you're putting more demands on your body for recovery and making new tissue. It needs carbs, it needs calories, and it needs protein in order to support that. So you really want to be making sure that you're eating adequately and enough during this phase of time. I do know that like the off season is a good time for people to diet or lose weight if that's something that they're trying to do rather than trying to build up to a train, like train for a marathon as a dieting approach or half marathon and be like, why didn't I lose weight? Blah, blah, blah. But I think that, you know, if you're going to do that, maybe do it very, very slightly. And that's my advice for all things hybrid training or concurrent training is take the smallest possible slightest deficits or use that as a period to get in and get out, but use your strength training to maintain your muscle as much as possible and maybe factor that in and do an extended strength and base building like our strength building season and factor in the fact that you might do a dieting phase during that period of time and then extends the the race prep or the approach for your next training or event. So I know that's a touchy subject for some and that might be worth another podcast for another day, but you do want to be fueling this activity, right? You, you need energy to support the increased energy demands that you're giving, especially if it's novel and new, um, but also you need to be fueling that appropriately, but also sleeping and recovering and maintaining that as well. So I guess the last thing that I could add for you all is that you should be doing repeated, measurable, progressive workouts. I don't know why I didn't add that in earlier. Um, but keeping in mind, you do want to be following something that you can track over time while you're doing this, um, a program that specifically is designed to get you stronger and gaining muscle. <coughs> the list method does this for you shameless plug. Um, but that's exactly what we do. You could hop into perform or build during that off season and really be building up on these types of things or use our Metcon program with your other conditioning and cardio type classes that you love and pairing that together. But that's going to be the surest bang for your buck on actually making progress during this time instead of doing haphazard lifting like really spend some time invested into doing something progressive and if you don't want to hop in the list method and or it's out of your price range and that's understandable um we do have our ebook train which has our whole exercise library a build your own lift template with multiple examples of lifts um throughout the week so we have two three and four day a week splits as well as information on like how to do this and it structures your exercises across the week so you're spreading them evenly so you kind of hit that that even spread of hitting the main muscle groups you don't have to worry about thinking about doing that we do that for you and then you just plug in your you pick from the drop down menu the movement pattern so like it would be like back squat or leg press or goblet squat so basically like what do you have access to or what do you want to do and then you do your reps and sets and it can progress you and you can program that out across time but you do want to be following a strict and consistent program during this time. So I hope you guys found this helpful. 
Again, like, subscribe, comment below, rate and review wherever you're coming from. If you found this helpful, let me know something that you learned or let me know, you know, what's your goal for your strength training season? Are you trying to PR your back squat? Are you trying to, um, you know, put on like 10 pounds of muscle? You're really dedicated to it. I'd love to hear below what your guys' goals are so I can cater future content to you and those goals. Otherwise, thank you for tuning in and I will catch you on the next one.